quickly congratulate Claire on this. This is quite something. Those of you with bad eyesight, I'll read it for you. Announcements, contact details to add, and notes. There's more than one, so sprint out a whole lot so you can have a few new things. Um, okay, so tonight's announcements, I'm going to read them off the board. Easter weekend. Claire would like to send in numbers of tents to Margie on Monday or Tuesday. So we, we would like you to book your space with us to say that you're coming with us. And if you haven't been, just ask someone who's been a couple of your concerns or questions and it will be a lot easier than me trying to explain and answer every question. The plan of the camp. Easter weekend, we leave on Thursday after work or hopefully late afternoon and then come back. Yeah, midday hopefully, take an afternoon. Come back on Monday or Tuesday. Both Friday and Monday are public. So, just the whole story. Yeah, so, okay, I'll give it again. Okay, Easter weekend, we're going camping to Easter camp down there in Kirkwood. Everyone's welcome, and we highly recommend it as a way to be part of our church. It's kind of a monument in our, in our year. So if you, if you, if you don't like camping, it's, it involves sleeping in a tent. But there, is, there are warm showers, and there is uh, power to charge your phone, so you can still be on uh, Facebook when you're away. And there's a meeting in the morning, there's a meeting in the evening, and it's very, very communal. We share meals together amongst each other. There's probably about 500 people, and we all camp around in this big field, and then we, we have a great time together. There's normally some kind of Bible teaching in the morning, and always spiritual uh, ministry, and then in the evening, something a little bit more charismatic, and uh, we really get a time to make friends with each other and to enjoy the Lord and to be stirred up to come back to Woodstock and to get more involved in these streets. So that's, there's so many factors why it's, it's a good thing for us to go. Um, if you're willing, just write an If you're willing to come and you need to make a way, if you're willing, Luke has a way. There's always a way. There's always a way. So if you have any concerns, whether it be about your dogs or money or anything, just talk to Luke and and, and they'll set it up. Okay. So uh, Claire did send out an email. Then on this thing you'll see it says contact details to add. If you don't get Claire's emails, then you better add your details here. If you want to know and be involved in the camping, whatever. If you run out of space, just take the next page. And then uh, notes. Okay, Russell, you need to give your correct email address of dancing. <laughs> Okay, so Russell set us down. Um, <laughs> yes, Steve? Um, okay, cool. I can also say that I might potentially take my back for a few weeks. So if you worry about my end, if you can say it, I might do that. Yeah. And tents, if you need a tent, if you need all that kind of stuff, just let Claire know. And then she'll talk to the people who know how to get this stuff and get it, get it going. So just don't have, any, don't have any concerns that you haven't spoken about. Just, just send them to Claire and she's on the ball with all this kind of stuff. So tents or gas stoves. I mean, Dom's got a massive gas stove. And uh, 
we're going to be cooking and it'll be totally cool. So don't worry about it. We, last year we took my bra, my gas bra and all that stuff, so it was quite a lot of fun. Okay, the second announcement, Monday night. Uh, tomorrow night, dinner at 7. Claire needs an idea. Can we have a show of hands for Claire? Who would like to come to Monday night dinner? You have to pay 10 rand and you get a meal and we just hang out with each other and make friends. And you can bring you can bring a friend if you were, if you want you just have to pay for them. So it's a, we're gonna have we'll have a Woodstock curry uh, again I think. Cool. So looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow night. Um, bring your own drinks and ten rand gets you a curry and good company. Announcement number three: the police. I really want to say that I would like us to do something more. We had a great conversation, Luke and Luke and I, and. The, the time we went, Fiona, Josh and T and I, it was just so awesome. So I'm just reminding us that I think that is a, a key to the community. Yeah. And so be prayerful and be stirred by God to lead us into going after the cops. I haven't personally felt to go and do it. But let's, let's catch these oaks and, and let's really, I, I, wanna, I want us to be a blessing in this community and the cops are such an awesome place to start. Um, so, talk to Claire if you want her to come alongside you in doing something. It doesn't even have to be signing up for a year of moving and blessing the cops. It can be just a once-off hit. It's cool. Um, so, just talk to Claire and we really want to bless them. Yeah, a one-hit wonder, that's also fine. Okay, number four. We've done that one number four. Number five. If you go to woodstockcommunitychurch.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.
Uh, you want to know the scriptures I read earlier about unforgiveness. The first one, if you want to write this down, 1 John 4.20. And the second one I read was Mark 11, 23 to 25. I've, I've been quite moved by those quite a lot, a lot this last little while. I don't know if you guys remember, there was a guy, my namesake, from Florida, who preached a long, long time ago, not, a, not in, at our church. And he challenged... <coughs> everyone to give away one of their most favorite pairs of jeans. I just felt like reminding everyone about that. So, if, things are, if, if the things that you have are becoming too dear to you, give, give something away. Just break, break it open. Oh, yeah. Brad donated a few things to the, to the community this evening. <laughs> through, the, through the back window via the, the down boot seat into the back. So remember that Put is now a lover of the Lord and doesn't watch the cars anymore, so remember not to leave anything in your vehicle. Yeah. If you want to see a most hilarious video, I can show you Put trying to dance to a band that couldn't hold a beat. <laughs> yes, I've never heard a worse klopse klop. <laughs> they, yeah, they weren't a klopse. Sure. Oh man, that guy serenading Violet yesterday was... <laughs> it's like he wanted to make love to her in front of everyone. <laughs> oh man. Yes. That was quite good for impromptu. <laughs> Guys, I think yesterday is a good testimony to how much life there is on the road compared to in here. To being here together is great, but on the road is where it's best. So let's be reminded that these meetings are absolutely pointless unless we live out our life on the road. It's just, it's just so easy, loving the Lord on the street. I want to talk about mercy tonight. So if you have a Bible and you have a book or something you want to take notes, been really overcome by this, this, this idea of mercy, the mercy of God. I'm going to dive into it. I like to cry and I don't often get to cry because I'm hard. So I pray often, God help me to cry. It doesn't happen that often. But when it does, it's very sweet. And in the last two weeks, I think, I've cried three times. It's quite awesome. And uh, it's, a, it's been a very close, it's been very close to me getting an understanding of what's on the Father's heart and getting a piece of His heart and, and, and starting to relate to His, his feelings. So I know the Father actually has feelings. Um, and He's been leading me in this, this understanding of mercy. 
and the redemption, this gift that's on our lives, it's quite an enormous gift, our redemption. And that's what I want to talk into. That if, if you believe you deserve the mercy that, that you received, you're mistaken. Because we were pulled out of the most hopeless, terrible, couldn't make it happen place. And we were all equally there. And we've all equally been redeemed. It's quite phenomenal. And I, the thing that has been shaking me is that I believed, and I've, I often live with a sense that I brought something to the table. And I know that we all do this, that we, we understand the mercy of God to a degree, but we don't allow the, the mercy of God to fully work in our lives because we believe that we don't deserve it in every part of our lives. Because we are bringing something to the table in certain ways. And I just want to just set that, that playing field, that level, that we've all freely received, Matthew 10, we've all freely received this gift of life from Christ. We all freely received it. We didn't deserve it. And Jesus instructs us to freely give. And I see that the, the longer we don't give away the favor that we've received, we will develop a cursed way of living on our lives. There will be a cursed way of living on our lives. The, the more we mistake this favor and take it for ourselves, there'll be, we'll be living under a cursed system. Because this mercy that's been extended to us, this redemption, I don't, I don't think we can actually... I don't think, I think it has, it's an individual thing that has to happen, but to get an understanding of the redemption on your life, it's something that you wrestle out with the Father and He shows you. And I don't think I can even do it justice by trying to explain the redemption. But just to say that you've been redeemed, you didn't deserve it and you were redeemed. And it's a mighty move of God and He's done it for every person on this earth and there's no excuse that everyone shouldn't know about this redemption at least, if not accept it. And we all equally bring nothing to the table. You've been redeemed. You bring nothing to the table. You have no gift that is worthy of the redemption you've received. The life that comes after the redemption is worthy of the Father. The life before the redemption is worthy of nothing. It's worthy of a selfish, cursed way of living. So this mercy is not all about us. This favor that we've received is not all about us. He's extended this favor to us, this, and, and, and it's meant, as He extended to us, it's meant immediately to be, that, that, that action to be reciprocated by us out onwards. If we, if, we, if we take the favor and we become to be this blessed people who live in the favor of God and have blessed lives, blessed families, blessed friendships, blessed, blessed businesses, blessed, every, blessed everything, and we just begin to be saturated by the favor of God and do nothing with it. I promise you, the favor of God will lose all its meaning. And we won't be looking at God anymore. And we'll be enjoying the, the fruit of, of other people's labor. And so, <clears throat> the process of knowing your redemption should be an ongoing daily action. Father, thank you for the mercy that's on my life. Because I want to be able to extend that to other people. You don't even have to pray that I want to extend that bit because when you, when you know your redemption, it's inevitable that you will be so compelled to offer this gift of redemption to other people. 
So what the, what the Father does first is He gives us Himself and He shows us. And I think it's been awesome as a church this last few weeks, just been getting such revelations of the majesty of God together. That song being devoted to you and we see you on your throne. It's like every time we sing that song, I, I love it so much because just the sight of God. And I don't know where it is in Revelation, but I just remember that. I don't even, it's irrelevant what it was, but just that phrase, I looked and then I saw. And this, this, this sight that John had as he began to see visions in Revelations. And I have that moment when you sing that song. And I know he's been doing that with us as a church this last while. We've been having this, this these times. I know last week, was certainly for, for us, was we looked and we saw. And the majesty of God was, was made manifest. And we began to understand who and who God is and how glorious He really is. So what He does is He shows us Himself. He shows us His majesty. And we get caught up with how, how majestic God is and how good and how beautiful and how loving. And, and this, the one who, was, who, who extended the mercy just catches our, our gaze and we get, we get so in love with Him. And we just, we, it's that stunned place. That's the first thing. And then the second thing that we move on to is he gives us his heart. And that's when he gives us people. And we begin to move. I remember when this happened for me, I, was, I, I didn't understand it. And like, that's why I said earlier I was crying a lot these last few weeks. But there was a time when I just, when I, whenever I saw someone, I didn't have a thought. I didn't have a thought about them. I just loved them. It was probably, it was probably about a four-week period. I wish, it was, I, wish I, I was, honestly could say that that's how I am. But I cried so much in that time, just like the Spirit is on me. It was a few years ago. And Costa Mitchell helped me understand this thing, what was happening. If the Father was giving me his heart, but I had the Father, and now I was getting his heart. And his heart is people. And so you begin to see people, and you don't have, an, you don't have any judgment. You have nothing. You, what you see is someone who, who deserves redemption, just as yourself. So you, you begin to have the, the, the eyes and the sight of the Father. So we, we live in sight of the majesty of God, and our, and our constant prayer should be that. Father, show us your glory. Show us who you really are. Show us yourself that we might know the one who's, who, who, from whom we receive redemption. The one who's, show, who's given us mercy. The one who has extended something, something to us that, that is just so beyond what our minds can comprehend. This mercy we've received that is such accepting, unrelenting mercy that's on us. Just show us yourself, God, because we want to know you. Who does this? Who does this kind of thing? These are the kind of of thoughts and prayers we should constantly be having. God, what kind of a God, what kind of a person extends that mercy to us that we are just blown away? And I've been praying this thing these last few weeks, and it's been so good to get, as I said, in in a way like Paul on the Damascus Road, Blinded by the sight of the majestic one, of the glory of God, the one from whom you've received your life. It's, it, Paul was blind for three days from the, after the sight of God. And I was reading, um, I've been reading Paolo Kulo, the this book, The Fifth Mountain. And he, he just said, I don't know if it's in the Bible or not, but it it makes a lot of sense that, that angels can't see because, of the, because they're blind from the glory of God. It's quite amazing, eh? You just go, he goes talking about all this guardian angel and all these different things. But 
this angel couldn't see. So Elijah was describing to the angel what, what he could see. Because the angel only saw the Father. And that's Paul. That's, that, that was the, those three days. And I think those three days so dramatically changed him that he always could just conjure up the sight of the Father in his mind. Because he had, it was so clear that, that it was the most valuable vision, the most valuable thing he had ever laid eyes on, laid his eyes on. And these are the, this is the kind of pursuit we need to have as people if we want to be on about mission. Because we can't go and give something away that we don't have. I know I've talked about that so many times, but it's like slaves offering other people slavery. And unless we have caught sight of our redemption, the mercy, the free gift of being liberated by God, we can't extend that to other people. And it's not a long process. It doesn't take forever. It's just tonight. We pray and we say, God, show us yourself. And in that moment, you go, I love you, God. I love, as I see you, I'm just so caught up in giving, in love for you. And then you just give. You give that away. You give exactly what you see. So this is the cycle. This is our lives. This is the process. And it should be the greatest, easiest yoke of our lives. To, to say, Father, show us yourself. Being, living caught up in the haze of His glory. Because the mercy that we, that's been extended to us has set us at His right hand. In Jesus Christ, we've been set at His right hand. We're perfectly united with Him. So if we are not aware of that, then let's make a new habit of praying, Father, make us aware of the mercy that, that, that You've extended to us. Because it's a very... Amazing, amazing way of living. And as we get a revelation of the gift of mercy on our lives, that He will become the desire of our hearts. As we get a revelation of the... It's like, it's, it's someone who always gives you the best gifts. You love being with them. Not necessarily even if to say you're greedy, but you just you understand, you know their heart. You, you, you get them. They give you the best gifts. Like Gaz gave us an amazing kettle for our wedding. And I, we use it. Jess makes tea in the morning. And it's got 60, 70, 80, 100 degrees. It's white. It fits in. The whole thing. And it's just, I know his heart. He just said, guys, choose a kettle. So we chose a kettle. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just, it's, the, it's that thing of, of the revelation over and over again of, of the one who's given you, who's extended mercy to you and having sight of him. And as we have sight of him, he becomes the desire of our hearts. Because you can't see the Father and not, and you, without him becoming the desire of your heart. You can't. That's why Paul was spent. His life was spent on Christ. He saw him and, and, he, and he did such a 180 that it, it had to be that the sight of Christ turned and stirred something in him that was so deep and so profoundly seated in him, waiting, a longing to spend the rest of his life giving that redemptive message away. So in him our every longing is met. And I want you guys to agree with me on that. Because in the Father, there is no longing outside of the Father. Everything we could ever desire. What, what, I don't know what we just sang. What was that? That last one. You, you are more than enough for us. So as our attention is captured by who the Father is, we begin to love what He loves. And the desires of our hearts become His desires. So this is when 
he's shown us himself and he begins to give us people, give us his heart. Because can't, you can't separate someone from their heart. You can't separate the Father from his heart. So you can't just love God, go on seeing God and saying, God, I, you are, you've been so merciful to me, I love you so much. And not love what he loves and not have his heart. You can't do that. You can't separate someone from their heart. So we need to stop trying to do that. I think, I think the beauty of us getting to be here together and enjoy the Lord together so much can become so meaningless if we lose sight of the Father's heart. And those are the kind of things that begin to happen. We get so saturated by the favor of God that's on us that we know we deserve now and it's awesome but yet we don't do anything with it. And we just get built up and built up and built up and go nowhere. And eventually that's when they call it running dry or I don't know what these phrases are. Being, I don't know where the Lord is. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Do you guys have those times? Dry season. Dry season. Dry season. Very good. <laughs> I've been in such a dry season. Could you minister to me? Oh. Yeah, I remember um, when we were in Hong Kong, I spoke to Finney, this guy, who's just a very cool prophetic guy. I asked him, I said, Bru, you've... It, what you, the way you are enjoying the Lord now reminds me of how we enjoyed the Lord in this great renewal of the 90s. And he said, there was no great renewal in the 90s. I met the Lord in the 80s. And this is how it's been. And I, I, I think that is the most profound thing. To get, a, get an understanding of God that is complete enjoyment of Him, that's irrelevant of what, if there's a move of God or not. Because God's always moving. He's never, he's never standing still. And so He's moved on our lives, and we need to enjoy Him. And so, Father, show us Your majesty. Show us Yourself, because we want to know You, who, the one who's given us mercy. So as we see who He is and love what He loves, we begin to freely give away. And generosity becomes normal for us. Because we live, our, our very life is based on the, the ground of generosity. We don't have life outside of the mercy of God, this free gift that He's given to us. We do not have a thing to stand on outside of this generosity. So it, is, it makes total sense to me that, that generosity is normal because our lives are, are in the context of it. So it should be nor a normal action for us. And you've heard me say that I don't have generous thoughts. But I'm going into a place now where I have some. And I think that is... That is this journey that we've been on. That you start to, th you start to say, I don't have, you know, I, I used to always think, I don't have any generous thoughts. So if that's, if I had a generous thought to give something away, it was definitely God. But now I have them anyway, and it is God too. But it's because I'm becoming, I'm becoming so aware of my unity with Christ. And we become inseparable. And the desires that I have are His desires, and His desires are my desires. Our desires. So, when you, have, when you stop being generous, who has your attention? This is uh, maybe a practical question to, to think on. When you stop being generous, who has your attention? And when something is stopping you from being generous, 
that has your attention. Just so you know. So if it's jeans, I mean, it's winter coming up, so give away the, a pair of longs because that will really challenge you more than the shorts. Just seeing the father and generosity are inseparable. You can't separate the father from his heart. And as we have his heart, we stop to judge people. We, we become the most accepting people on the earth because we've been accepted and we didn't deserve it. We brought nothing to the table. We had nothing to offer and he accepted us. He extended us mercy. We lived it, and we begin to live with this deep awareness of the redemption that's on our heads and what is on offer for every other person that doesn't deserve but that God has a plan for. And we, we get so freed. I promise you it's the most freeing thought. That I, these thoughts that have been so freeing for me this awareness that everyone deserves mercy, the mercy of God. Everyone should have an opportunity to receive the mercy of God, just as we have. And I've been, I, I haven't been kind of whipping myself on the back and saying, you know, you didn't deserve it, you didn't deserve it. But I've been realizing that I thought I, did, I, thought I deserved some of my mercy. I've lived with a, with a sense that, okay, in that thing, I brought that to the table. I brought this skill or this gift or this attitude or this resource or this something to the table. This experience, whatever. And, okay, because of this experience, the mercy was extended to me. But, but God's been showing me, and it's the most beautiful thing, and my prayer that, that this is what we all get out of this tonight, is that the mercy that's been extended on us is free and undeserved. And the redemption that's on our lives is, is probably the deepest work that, that could ever be done in, in the depth of a person, this redemption. When you, when you know the power of the redemption on your life, conviction becomes a blessing. I don't know how many of you are still getting convicted in the, in, in the grace waves. Um, but I get convicted. And conviction used to be such a, a burden, a way of going, ooh, I'm outside of what God wants. But I've, I've began to understand that as this this place of being completely reliant on the mercy of God, this deep, deep, intimate place of going, I have no life outside of the mercy of God. Anything, any form of correction, any form of conviction that comes to steer me back to that place is the most beautiful gift. It's the most shaping, lovely action that could ever be extended to me. It's like someone gently, kindly coming and saying, hey, you're outside of the most beautiful way of living. You're outside of the most, outside of sight, the most beautiful of all. So, if conviction is not that for you, then have you got sight of the Father? So, what should we, we should be praying, show us your majesty and give me people. Yeah. We're taken up to these heights so we can take others there. And, and also, he takes us into these places to see the contrast. There is a, there is a way that, that the Father takes us low to contrast the highs. There's a way, and he leads us. And I think that there's a, there's a way of us maturing in understanding that, you, you know, 
don't want to go into it too much, but there's a way of maturing and understanding that He leads us to see the contrasts of the favor and being outside of it. This has been amazing for me. To just, we've been reading Mark, a few of us, and just seeing Jesus with people, the, the way that Jesus chose to spend His time and His life and the people He did that with. The broken, skiniving, cheating, sexu- sexualizing, uh, dirty, diseased. If you, it's the, he hardly ever, the only time he ever made contact with people that weren't of this class, of this kind of people, was when he was slamming them in public. And I think... Because Jesus had sight of the Father, he did that to balance out the sight of the glory of God. He hung out with the unglorious. And he, and he, put, his, his, he put his heart and his time and his energy and money into the unglorious people. And he, in that way, he secured his identity in Christ. I mean, I mean, in the Father. He secured his identity in the Father. And he was able to move in the purpose of his life. I've been really taken by this thought that we need to to learn that being with the unglorious shows us the glorious one. And that's what Jesus was doing. It was was such a stark contrast that God had to be good. That the glorious glorious God was, was very glorious, was very magnificent in contrast. So... Being in the park yesterday or being on the street, we've had, yeah, there's so much action on the roads, eh? Just in general, so much life on the streets. Just seeing people, the unglorious, the, the drunkards, the whatevers, are so shattered that when they get offered mercy, when the mercy is extended, there is no question about did I deserve part of this or which part of me brought something to the table? And that is this, this thing that I, that I began to pick up about Jesus, that this thing balanced him out, that these people got it. They received the mercy in fullness and understood the, the, the like enormous generosity that was being poured on them. So it's a reminder for us that there's so much power in not trying to Go on about our rich friends. Because even Jesus said and spoke about the rich and how difficult it is for them to come into the kingdom. Because they believe they're deserving of some sorts. They've done something good. They have some good in them. So as we get as we got the Father's heart, and and, and I think this this is a key thing, that we don't have to we don't have to perfectly have a full picture of the Father. I read this lame thing in my journal from a few years ago. Um I actually found it because we're painting and it dropped out. And it's something about being imperfect and living generously, coming closer to perfect. I was trying to be, you know, I was trying to come up with something. (laughs) But perfect as, as in the Father. And as we imperfect give out the life of Christ that's in us, we we come closer to who the Father is. We do. And this thing, oh come on man. This, 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 this place of us have, understanding the mercy of God 
doesn't need to be a finished, sealed, I get it, God is majestic and I'm so caught up by Him. Because actually going and being with the unglorious also gives you a revelation of, of His glory and your mercy. It's been happening to me. And these are some of the, the times that I, as I said, I've been crying, just realizing the mercy that God extends to the destitute. Yeah. And I've just realized how destitute I, I am without Him. And I, I was before the, His mercy came on my life. In Romans 2, 4, it says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that this kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? You know, you've heard that scripture, it's the kindness of God that, that uh, turns us to repent. Kindness, mercy, kindness, mercy. The mercy of God, that we understand the kindness, the mercy He's put on our lives, turns our hearts to want to think highly of ourselves inside of Him. I'm going to read you Matthew 9, verse 9 to 13. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Must have been hilarious. <laughs> Getting like, the sharpest answer probably on the earth. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. And he says, this is, it, I, I can't remember where it's from. It's an Old Testament scripture that he quotes them. Go and me, mean the learning of the scripture. Learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. Well, Isaiah 6, 6, thank you. For I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. For I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. And so when we're going around going, why are, more, why, are, why are there so few people receiving the gospel that we base our lives on, this great gift? I think this is the most awesome key. It's the most simple thing to understand this, that... He's come to call the people that know they're not righteous. And it's a reminder to us to have an awareness of our lack of righteousness outside of His mercy. When he, what he's talking about there, he says, I want, I want you to show mercy, not offer, offer sacrifices. He was talking about ritualistic things of trying to bring something to the table. And what he's, he's, he's contrasting it completely to saying, bring nothing to the table, show mercy. So, I've, I felt that the one thing I wanted to say to you guys was, <clears throat> we need a higher level of contentment with what we've received. Not to be striving for something more. That is something we already have. If there's a place, it seems strange to say, don't push in for more of God, but there's a place where we can be content in knowing the mercy that we've received, what's been extended to us. And just go, my life is settled. There's mercy that's on my life. I didn't bring anything to the table, but I've been powerfully gripped and pulled out and redeemed by God. And I didn't deserve it. I still don't. But He's done it. And that's where I am now. That's my new place that I start from. 
That's my, what do you always say, guys? I forget. And as we begin to be content with the mercy that's on us and enjoy that, just in this deep, deep well-being, that's contentment, a well-being of we've received mercy, we begin to see the things that the Father has for us in the future, see the life that He wants us to extend out to the world, to people, to Woodstock. And so, challenging you, I've said a few questions, if you're not, if you're not, if you, if you're not aware of the mercy in your life, pray, Father, show me yourself, show me you, the one who's extended mercy to me, and then say, give me people. And then, I think, be challenged by that that question of if 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 the generosity if the gener if if your generosity is stopped then who you, who are you looking at? And lastly, to say that we need to be a kind of people that invest our life in seeing more over each other and over places and situations and visualizing the things of God over people, and over places. Like yesterday, it was a profound thing that was visualized over Woodstock. And then the resource was given, and it happened. And now we're going to do something more, something else. And so we need to be constantly visualizing. And I know it seems insignificant in contrast to some of the stadiums we've seen filled. But benches are as significant. It's something that, that we've, that's been visualized in, in the spirit. And God's going to honor that. And I know he's already honoring it in the community. Every single thing we've done in that park, just the guys keep going. We need more people like you. We need more of Jesus. Is there, is there, what, is there comment? Yeah. So I urge you to, to live with what the Father sees ahead for you. Let, let your sights be set on what the Father sees in front of you. Not, sorry, there's a joke in the crowd, yeah. At the moment, I was about to do an emotional, drop my voice. And go. Yeah, you can share your joke. Darth Vader in the park, in a costume. Oh, brilliant. Was it another church? Oh wow, Darth Vader! He's coming to just to coming to like secure the territory again. Darth Vader was surprised. Wow. No, he was Does anyone want to ask me any questions? No. Thanks, Lynn. Okay, well, if there are no questions, let's stand up and pray together. And then uh, I felt like Luke, Luke can take us in one more song after we've prayed a little while together. Something that excited me so much was this, this thing that's going on at the Cape Town Stadium with Chris from uh, Najee.
Um, my, one of my painters said to me today, he was there last night, and he just had this glow in his eyes about all the healings he saw. I just want to stir that in you, that people are getting pulled out of wheelchairs in our city in walking distance from here. Praise the Lord. It's very exciting, and, and we know that it's available to us. So Father, let's pray. Father, we want to see what you see, but we first want to see you. So we thank you, God, for the mercy that you've extended to us, that we are able to stand before you and to, even to pray to you, God. Thank you that you've poured out intense kindness on us, that you've pulled us out of our sif place, and you've redeemed us, God, into the most fantastic way of life. We thank you so much, Father, for our redemption, that you followed through, and it was free. And I challenge you guys that think it's, it's difficult to receive the redemption of Christ. The yoke is easy, the burden is light. It is the greatest gift, the freest gift that, that is on this earth. There's, no, there's nothing hard about receiving your redemption in sight of the Father. So Father, show us yourself right now. We pray. Just join me in prayer that for a while. Father, we want to see you. We want to know you, God. We want to see your majesty. We want to be caught up with the sight of you, Jesus. We want to see all of you. Show us your glory. Show us who you are. We want to know you in fullness. We want to spend our days before you. Blind our eyes to the sight of you, God. That we would be caught up in sight of you, Jesus. That everything else would stop, God. And we would be, be so forced to, to, to spend our lives on you. Because of the sight that we've seen. Let us behold you, Jesus. Let us behold you, Jesus. We want to see you. So speak that phrase over us all. Then I looked and I saw. More of that, Lord. More of that, Lord. More of that, Lord. Oh, on the clouds, coming on the clouds. The glory of God. Show us yourself, Lord. Show us yourself. Oh, yes, Jesus. Show us yourself, Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus. Just, I want to speak this word that <clears throat> it's much easier to focus on who you are than who you're not. So let what is true about you be the thing that you focus on.
These are the words of my mouth. These are what I chew on and what I pray. Accept them when I place them on the morning altar, O oh God, my altar rock, my priest. Lord, we just pray that the thoughts and meditations of our heart, Lord, be acceptable to you, Lord. Now, as you, as you show us yourself, Father, we pray that you begin to give us your heart right now. That you birth things in us, you stir things in us. If you have sight of what you're seeing, you have sight of people as you see them right now. So show us faces, show us places, stir us, cause us to move, Father. Cause us to be the most generous people. Cause us to have generosity as a norm. Thank you for your mercy that's on us, God. Thank you so much for this kindness that you've poured out on our lives. Mm. Some people there that God wants you to spend money on being with Him. Just want to encourage you to do that. Father, we want to live with the sight of you leading us. We want to see things as you see them, God. So I pray over the situations that are in our minds here tonight, the way we see Woodstock, the way we see our city, to begin to change and you begin to stir us, God, to see things as you see them. pray that you show us yourself as we've never seen you. Show us more of yourself, God. Show us more of yourself. It's a place that God wants to take us. And some, some, some people have never been there where that word devoting yourself to him becomes something you mean becomes the most precious thing you could ever say to him pray father for confidence and and boldness for us to rise up and make love declarations
Can we all join together and begin to pray for the streets of Woodstock for a little moment? Father, build your kingdom here. We bless this neighborhood. We pray that you would do a great thing here, God. We pray over addiction, that you would build that people to take people out of addiction, God. That you would release your spirit on the streets, God. That you would bless this place. This place would begin to look different. It wouldn't smell anymore, God. That that the color would change, God, that there'd be a beautiful fragrance across these streets, God. You'd bring families together, that you build the families up, God. To build up this place, Jesus. You build up your spirit in this place, that your kingdom reign come in this neighborhood, God. Sons and, and, and daughters that are on the streets would have things to do, God, that you come against boredom with solutions. We pray over families, Father, that you unite families. We pray for the men to rise up and have integrity over this neighborhood, God. Every man in his houses would have integrity. For the fathers to begin to father well. Pray over his families, God. Build them up, Jesus. Build your kingdom up in this neighborhood, God. Give ourselves to you in this place, God. Give ourselves to you in this place, Jesus. Give ourselves to you in this place, Build your kingdom up, God. Build your kingdom up, God. Build your kingdom up, God.
Sounds weird, but in the last two weeks I've come to realize that when you're tired, you almost want to just call up. You don't really want to do anything. You don't want to act up with what's given you. Because you're tired. You kind of just want to climb on the couch and sleep. But that's the exact time that God actually wants you to go out there. The exact time that He wants you to go and pray for people because it's all in His strength then. It's not your strength. And I even think back to last Sunday, praying for Gary. Yeah. It wasn't our strength, it's your strength, Jesus. So yeah. I just pray that for all of us, in those moments that we're tired, we've had a long week, a long weekend, and those are the times that we need to be alert, and those are the times that we need to be aware. And we need to just, just take that final little step, because God, you're just there, you're just waiting to we're waiting to move, we're waiting to heal. Yeah. We don't want to be a church that talks about it. We want to be a church that acts. Thank you, God. We're waiting to move. That brings you waiting to move. So just, I pray right now and tonight, if you really feel you. Sure. Yeah. I pray that none of us leave this room. 
for your kindness that's on our lives, God. We can never thank you enough for the kindness you've extended to us. Thank you that you are so kind, God. You've been so kind to us that we were all under this barrel and you pulled us out, God. We thank you so much, Father. Oh, man. It's so good to, to drink of the goodness of your kindness, God of the mercy you've poured on our lives. Let's sing a song together. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and move and reveal who you are, that we would see you in your fullness, God.
worship you with these words, God. You show us yourself. We see all of you, God. We don't want to stop short as bread bread, God. We want to see you. We want to know you in fullness. In fullness, God. Show us yourself that we would be compelled to show you to Woodstock, Father.